In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. When the Lord Jesus, and yes, the New Testament says it was the Lord Jesus, when the Lord Jesus led his people out of Egypt, across the Red Sea, through the desert, and into the Promised Land, when the Lord led his people, it says that he led them manifesting himself as a pillar of cloud by day and as a pillar of fire by night. And this pillar of fire, this light in the darkness, led the people of Israel through the bottom of the ocean, led them to escape from the the dark powers that were oppressing them, led them through the wilderness where there was no life and no source of life and gave, him, gave them life himself and brought them at last as he had promised them to his promised land. The fire at night led them. That is what the... Now, I don't think we're going to get a pillar of fire, but that is what the idea of the bonfire is meant to evoke the presence of God in our midst and it's not just a picture so that we can think about but but Christ actually is in our midst he has promised us where two or three are gathered in my name there I am in the midst of them just as I was in the midst of my people Israel in the Old Testament as a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night Christ actually is in the midst of us. And the star that leads the wise men to the baby Jesus, we might miss this, but that is actually, and it's the way it's described in the Bible, the star going before them, guiding these Gentiles, okay? Because the pillar of fire led the, the Judeans, the Israelites to their promised land. This star is the Gentile's pillar of fire. It is the manifestation of the glory and the light of God leading the Gentiles to the promised Messiah who is theirs too. And thanks be to God that this happened because none of us are Jews. We're all Gentiles. And yet we have our own, this star, this and ours, I guess it fell down or something, but... Uh, Our star, the star is the Gentiles' pillar of fire leading them to Christ. Now there's, of course, another thing about fire that is, well, fire consumes things. And when the Lord was leading his people Israel through the desert, there was a time or two when a couple people got a little too close. There's actually this story. Do the names Nadab and Abihu ring any bells from Sunday school? No? Okay. They are, they are these two priests in the Old Testament. They're actually Aaron's sons. And it's not really clear why they decide to do this. It's, it's implied that maybe they're intoxicated. Uh, or maybe they just want to be the center of attention. 
whatever it is, they decide they are going to offer God a special, unauthorized, never-before-seen gift. They were not instructed as God's priests to do this. They were not told to do this. In fact, they were forbidden from doing such things. But in kind of a kind of an upside-down version of the wise men, they approach God and offer him unauthorized gifts and fire comes out from the altar and consumes them, which is why I always approach slowly when we come up here, okay? Now, that actually also happens with the wise men too. They are not consumed by fire, but the pillar of light and the star that leads them to Christ. When the wise men come and worship Christ, when they see that the pinnacle of all of their wisdom could not, and, and these were like the elite, influential, media kind of star. These were people that kings asked for advice. They probably weren't kings themselves, but they were the people that the kings asked for advice okay they were these are the this is the deep state these are the people who are actually running things okay and they discover that all of their wisdom could not have come up with what they found when they worshiped the christ child they found that god had in order to turn all of their wisdom upside down had come down into the flesh of this child and was there ready to meet them down there. And see, they lived in luxury. I mean, they have gold and frankincense and myrrh just to kind of give away. And yet, and it says they go back after they worship the Christ child, they go back to their own country by a different route. And yet they can't really go back, can they? After you have learned, after you have seen, after it has been manifested to you that God, in order to save you, did not give you a to-do list, at least not one that you could accomplish. He gave you one that was, more, that was higher and more holy than we could hope to achieve. God, in order to save you, himself became what we are, and took upon himself what we are and manifested his glory. The greatest manifestation of his glory is not a pillar of fire. It is not a heavenly display. It is not stars and angels. It is the baby in the manger and the man on the cross and the empty tomb. In this way, God has manifested his wisdom. And once you have experienced that, and once you have believed that, and once that has been written on your heart by the Holy Spirit, you can never go back to look at the world the way it was before. And many of us, most of us, I think probably all of us, have known something of this since before we could probably write our own name. So for us, it maybe is not, it's not the... We never knew the world really apart from knowing Jesus. But these men, just like, you know, Nadab and Abihu, they came forward, they did something silly, they got burned for it. These wise men also did what they thought was wise 
and in doing what they thought was wise, discovered that the wisdom of God is higher than the wisdom of men, and the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and in doing so, and in learning that, they could never, they, the world was now dead to them. The riches didn't mean what they did before. Knowing things about the stars doesn't quite, does, isn't quite as fascinating as it used to be. For now, we have seen the pinnacle of all wisdom. We have seen the fullness of God's, what he wants the world to know. This is what Paul is going on and on about in our second reading. He says, when you read what I'm writing to you now, you will see my insight into the mystery of Christ, that, that God came down to bring in the Gentiles too. That's what Christ wants to be for you in this new year. He wants to be the pillar of fire that leads you in the darkness that is this world. He wants to be the pillar of fire that leads you through your own dark times. He wants also to be the thing that he, he, wants, he wants to kill you. But in this sense, that you die, that we die to the world. That we die to all all so-called human wisdom and live only in him. But why are we burning the Christmas trees? Hmm? The trees that we're burning tonight are the same trees that we celebrated. So the trees that we're burning this year are the, tree, are the same trees that we celebrated with last year. Okay, last year's celebration has become this year's bonfire. We are burning out, and this this burning the Christmas trees and burning the burning the greenery around Epiphany is not something that I just made up, by the way. This is actually a custom that is associated with the celebration of Epiphany going all the way back into Europe, etc. Okay, the idea is you are burning out the excess of the last year. You are burning out all of the, I mean, we are, we're, we're taking, I mean, because those trees, I mean, that, that was kind of, the, that's kind of the highlight of a year, of the year, right? To get the Christmas tree, to decorate the Christmas tree. You feel like you're missing something if you don't have at least some kind of Christmas tree. Everybody needs a Christmas tree. And it's kind of a highlight of the year. And then we take it and then we're burning it and we watch it be reduced to nothing. And we are reminded in doing so of how fleeting even the highlights and maybe especially the highlights of our lives are. You can enjoy the hustle and the bustle and the tinsel and the excess and all that goes into the way we celebrate Christmas. You can, you can enjoy Frosty the Snowman and Jingle Bells too if you want. That's fine. You can enjoy all of that. There's a way to enjoy all of that in the name of Jesus. And we can also enjoy watching it all burn in the name of Jesus. Because there was actually a moment, I don't know if this ever happens to you, there was a moment a couple days ago when it just, it was like, I have had enough Christmas. Okay? I mean, you get excited for it, you love it, you celebrate it, and then that's enough of that. 
burning these Christmas trees, okay, is a confession. It is a confession because we are burning the cell, we're burning the we're burning the luxury, we're burning the extra stuff, we're burning the celebration. We're, it's a confession that like the wise men's wisdom and gifts, like the wise men's wisdoms, my, wise men's wisdom and gifts, our Christmas this year was insufficient. We didn't do everything right. We got distracted. We forgot about what the real reason for the season is. We got stressed. We got burned out. We wished it would all be over before it even began sometimes. Our Christmas, we did not perfectly keep Christmas as the... and. It was imperfect and all of our gifts and all that we offered and even our worship pales in comparison to what Christ has brought us at Christmas. Burning these Christmas trees is also a protest. It is a protest even against kind of the commercialization, the excessiveness that the holiday season can have. It is a purging and a refining of Christmas down to its essence. Even though all the trees burn, Christ is still in the manger for you. The light is a protest against the cold. The heat is a pro the light is a protest against the dark. The heat is a protest against the cold. The child is a protest against the power of sin and darkness and death and the devil. And more than a protest, he is a victory. And the kneeling wise men, the elite, wise, influential men, kneeling down before the baby is a protest against all falsely so-called wisdom of men. And burning these trees is a confession of faith that despite the excess, despite the overindulgence, despite the family drama, despite the stress, despite the fact that Christmas was not everything it could have been, despite all of that, still he is here. And he is here for you. So take all of that and put it on the put it with the trees in the fire and burn it all down. And still he is here for you. Still he is here this year to lead you like a pillar of fire at night. Still he is here to chasten you and to do another thing that fire does is to purify you. To purify you in the ongoing forgiveness of your sins, to purify us in the ongoing reception of his body and blood, to purify us by returning us day in and day out to the promises that he made to us when we were baptized, and in doing that to help us grow and to help us become what it is that he has created us to be and what we will be when he raises us from the dead. He will be for us this year a pillar of fire by night. In Jesus' name, amen.